There is no explaining the simple truth about life. You will forget much of it. The painful things you were certain you'd never be able to let go, now you're not entirely sure when they happened, while the thrilling parts, the heart-stopping joys, splintered and scattered and became something else. Memories are then replaced by different joys and larger sorrows. And unbelievably, those things get knocked aside as well. Until one morning, you're picking cherries with your three grown daughters, and your husband goes by on the gator, and you are positive that this is all you've ever wanted in the world. Hello! Welcome back to the Red Fern Book Review. I am your host, Amy Mayer. And today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite authors, if not my favorite author, Anne Patchett and her brand new book, Tom Lake. And this was uh, my book club's last pick, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about my book club. Maybe not name names, but uh, talk about our meeting. And then I picked up another book by Anne Patchett that I always wanted to read, uh, Truth and Beauty, about her deep friendship not always healthy, but a deep friendship nonetheless with the writer Lucy Greeley. Uh, but before we get started to talking about Anne, I want to go in a totally different direction. And I know it's fall, but I'd like to talk about summer reading. Um, and I'd like to talk specifically about Ellen Hildebrand, who is known as the Queen of Beach Reads, and her latest book, The Five Star Weekend. And I recently read an article, because I'm always doing research for this podcast, about Ellen, and it really, she really piqued my interest. I've known about her, obviously, for years. She's a big bestseller, but I've never um, dived in and, and given her books a try. So I reached out to my friend Teresa, because I know that she reads her, and she kindly lent me her latest book, and I'm just loving it. So uh, let me tell you just a little bit about that, and then I'll tell you why why I think she's um, a good choice if you're looking for sort of a, a lighter read. So this book is about a woman who, her name is Hollis Shaw, and she has this totally perfect life, and she's the creator of a popular food blog called Hungry with Hollis, and she's married to this guy, Matthew, who's this gorgeous heart surgeon, and they live in Boston. So one morning, he's, uh, he gets up, and she has this perfect breakfast made, and he's racing off to a business conference. He's got to get on a plane, but they get in a bit of a fight, and uh, so he's slightly delayed. So then you kind of see that they've got this perfect light, but there's a life, but there's a bit of a chink in the armor, and then he um, ends up getting killed in a car accident on the way to the airport, um, and I think she takes some responsibility, although not rightly so, because they'd had this fight and he was delayed. Anyway, so from there, um, as she's going through the grieving process, she comes up with this idea that she read on another blog about the five-star weekend. And the idea is that you pull one person from each decade of your life that was the most important person, um, from your teenage years, your 20s, your 30s, and midlife, and bring them together for a weekend. So that's what she's doing. And, of course, the setting and the place where she brings everyone to is, da-da-da-da, Nantucket. And a little bit about Ellen herself. 
almost all of her books, and she's written about 30 of them, they're all set in Nantucket. So Nantucket's a character, essentially, in her novel. And um, I, the reason why I wanted to read a book by her, I read a really cool article that talked about how she'd started out, uh, she went to Johns Hopkins, and then she went on to the Iowa Writers' Workshop to get her MFA, which is the equivalent of going to Harvard uh, in the writing world. And there she was surrounded by all these really serious writers and poets. And she didn't she didn't feel that she was taken seriously or she wasn't taken seriously. And all of her books or her writing kind of uh, skewed towards the light, kind of a light side. Um, and she just didn't feel right about it. Um, meanwhile, she goes into therapy. And as a side note... Uh, she lost her father when she was young. And she had spent every weekend, every summer on Nantucket. And I guess it was very important to her and her family, and she's got a bunch of siblings. And so she was kind of talking to her therapist, and I imagine was saying, what am I doing in this program? No one's taking me seriously. And the therapist said, well, you know what you must do? You must write about Nantucket, because that's the place in your memory, and and you love it. So that's what she did, and I'm pretty sure she's probably the most famous person, um, definitely in her year, um, at the Iowa Writers Workshop. So it worked out pretty well for her. But anyway, uh, I'm just really enjoying what what because she is well trained. It's a great combo. It's got the lightness um, that you want in a beach read. Like it's you can turn the pages easily. Um, it's got all the things you want. There's a little bit of celebrity, fun outfits, uh, beautiful setting. And Nantucket is just sounds gorgeous. I've actually been there once, but not spent a lot of time there with clapboard houses and hydrangeas and um, lots of plaid. But um, it also, the, the stories are well-structured. And I would say that her characters are uh, better realized than kind of your average beach read characters are. So give that a try um, if you're looking for something lighter. And I don't think it has to be. I'm 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 in October now when this I'm recording this, and you don't have to read a beach read on the beach. But I, as I've said before in this podcast, I kind of like to alternate a more literary book with with a fun book. So give that a try. Okay, now over to Anne. So. Um, we just wrapped up and we just had our book club this week, Tom Lake. And, uh, if you're reading reviews of any kind, you've probably seen Tom Lake and you've either read it or you maybe thought about reading it. So let's talk about it. Um, this book is really interesting and I did the opening quote about that. It's a very quiet book and I use that term uh, a lot. It's, it's, uh, not a lot happens. And it's also a happy book. So I would say there's a little bit less tension in this book than say your typical read. So in that sense, I don't know that it will appeal to everybody. But if you're an Ann Patchett fan, I really do think you should should read it. And um, apparently, according to my book club, if you're from a small town, you should also read it. So in this book, what it's about is uh, the star of the novel is Lara Nelson, and she has three adult daughters, and they are Emily, who 
um, will one day take over the family cherry farm where they live. And Maisie, who's studying to be a vet, and Nell, who hopes to be an actor, as her mother once was. And and she's also very happily married to um, this guy, Joe, and that was originally, I think it was his family farm. So anyway, it's the pandemic, and everyone has come home. And so they're all together, and finally, uh, Lara, Laura, has decided to tell the story of her early 20s when she was in love with uh, Peter Duke, who is now the biggest movie star of all time. So uh, her kids knew about him. They knew that she'd had this big love to a big actor, but she'd never gotten into it with them, and so she decides to tell her story. And that story kind of spools out, and she talks about... uh, she ended up, the way way she got to the cherry farm was she had been discovered and had sort of started out doing screen tests and going to LA. And then at some point she kind of wasn't going to make it or maybe was possibly going to make it. And she ends up in Summerstock Theater at Tom Lake, which is the name of the lake in, in Michigan. And they were doing the play Our Town. And that is where she's starring opposite Peter Duke. And at that time, Peter was not famous. So they have this wonderful summer. And you can tell from the get-go, he's the guy that you date um, or have a fling with, but you don't marry. And so she has this amazing summer with him. And so she tells her kids about it. And that's kind of it. And then there's a lot of info on picking cherries and being on a farm and being a loving family. So um, in our book club, some people thought, they were like, well, that's kind of boring. But then the other part of the group thought, you know, I'm two, two of the people in my book club are from small towns, and they really thought uh, the book did a good job of representing what it's like to be in a small town with that slower pace and, um, you know, kind of a more family-oriented environment. Um, I read this book via audio, so I listened to it, and Meryl Streep does the audio, and I thought it was great. I loved it. It was like a one person play that I was listening to. And she has three daughters of her own, which probably helped her um, with these characters. And I felt like I was just sitting down listening to even my mom reading to me. Um, Some people in my group found the relationship she had with her daughters kind of hokey. I liked it, and it reminded me of Little Women. And I imagined that beautiful um, painting or drawing, color drawing from the original Little Women with uh, Meg, Beth, Joe, and Amy curled up around Marmee. And I think Marmee's probably reading to them, or one of them has their head in her lap. And it's that like that. It's very cozy, and she's got a great... Um, relationship with her kids and they they fight and they disagree and all the kids are different but it's pretty hallmarky I would say in a way and it you know one of the things that I did like about this book it reminded me my youngest son Graham told me once this summer uh, he said you know this is the first time I've ever thought of you as a person and that's what I think it's like when you're in your 20s when you kind of see glimmers of your parents as maybe they might have been or what they would be like, you know, without you around. So that's kind of, I could 
I kind of could relate to them wanting to know more about their mom. Um, oh, a little bit more about the audio. I was also noticing during my book, the book club discussion, I still can't retain everything that I hear via audio. And I would say that um, I lost kind of 20% of what was happening because when I'm listening to audio, I find my mind wanders more. But it is very efficient. And if it's a good narrator, I think I think it's worth it. Um, another thing that somebody brought up was the mentioning the pandemic was kind of triggering for them. And I know, okay, triggering is the worst word ever, but I think it is. And I just wanted to ask you as listeners or get you to think about what you think about that. And what are your thoughts about reading books centered around a pandemic or featuring a pandemic? And I find that if I know uh, there's a pandemic kind of storyline in the book, I I think twice before picking it up and it really makes sure it's something I want because I don't like remembering it. But we were discussing as a group whether we think in the future people will, will be avoiding it or whether they'll look back at like archaeologists and want to know more or like historians and want to know more about um, what it was like to be through a pandemic. And I think we all think it would be. And I would also say it reminded me of, you know, the surge in World War II novels that we've seen. And um, I had a, a guest on a while back that said she believes it's because of the pandemic that we really like World War II, um, because World War II novels are kind of pandemic adjacent. It shows people doing something much harder than the pandemic and also romanticizing that time with people doing kind of things they would never do, having forbidden romances, lying, spying, women women getting jobs they wouldn't have normally gotten, and then how everyone ended up getting through it to the other side, or as a society, as a world, we did. Um, so, yeah, like, what else was going on? Oh, a little bit more about my book club. We, had a, we did a fun thing with this um, discussion. I would say this was one of the better discussions we've had. The only better discussion I thought we had, we read a book called Men the Living. Uh, it was in translation. It was French, written in French, in translation. Um, and it was about uh, a heart, uh, a boy who dies, a young man, and his heart is given um, over as for transplantation. So it's sort of about the journey of a heart and it's a medical story and it's about the miracle of um, organ transplants. And I, anyway, we had a lot of discussion around that. But this was a close second. And one of the things, one of the reasons why I thought our discussion was so good, someone made a decree that every time someone spoke, somebody had to, we had to ask that person two questions. So it made everyone pause and not, we didn't have the back and forth that's lovely, that kind of banter that you want in a natural discussion, but it made me sort of contemplate or all of us contemplate everyone else's point of view. Um, oh, and then I, I want to add Cynthia. So Cynthia in our book club always brings something special related to the book we're reading, whether it's a food or a drink, often it's a drink or something. And she brought tequila because in the book, um, they're in the play Our Town, and there's tequila in the play, but of course they're actors, so they're drinking water, but often they were drinking tequila because they're in their 20s and it's summer stock. So um, that's what I'll say about that. 
But what I would say is regardless of what you thought about Tom Lake, everybody sort of said you couldn't help but compare her or this book to her other books. And she's had some incredible books. So I do feel that this good book maybe suffered in a bit in comparison um, to some of her other books. And I don't think Anne was trying to make this book anything other than um, a happy book. She, I, I listened to um, a discussion she did on CNN, an interview with Christiane Amanpour, and she just said, you know, I wanted a book about happy love. Um, there's lots of book about books about heartache and heartbreak, and I wanted this to be a happy book. So uh, the two books that I really, really recommend, and um, if you read a lot, you will for sure know about Bel Canto. It's one of my favorite books of all time, definitely top five, and that's how I discovered Anne. And it was written in the early 2000s. And that book is based on the Japanese embassy hostage crisis of 96-97, also called the Lima Crisis. And it's a novel that follows the relationships among a group of young terrorists and their hostages, who were mostly high-profile executives and politicians. And that book is just so pretty. What it is, is it takes place in an, an unnamed South American country, and uh, these terrorists are going to a business executive's home, and it's a big kind of gala night, and there's going to be an opera singer there, and they believe the president of this country is going to be there, so they're going to take him hostage. But the president, in fact, is not there. But the hostages double down, and they've already burst in the door, so they go ahead and take everybody hostage, and over the days and weeks to come, they end up letting almost everyone go, except the people that they think can be of value to them. So then you've got this little world that they've created where they're living in it for many months. And these very unusual bonds form, including two beautiful love stories. And there's a love story between um, the business executive and um, the American soprano Roxanne Koss, who was, who was there singing that night. They form a love, love match. And then also there is... Um, a love story that involves the trans, one of the translators in the crisis and one of the hostages or one of the terrorists. So I think what makes the book really special is it's lyrical. Um, bel canto literally means beautiful, I think beautiful music, um, beautiful singing, beautiful singing, sorry. And, um, I, it's also kind of that, uh, beauty in something terrifying. So it's that kind of balance of there's something horrible happening, but this beautiful love and these relationships and bonds that are happening, probably a little bit of Stockholm syndrome going on. So I loved it. And then the other book that is a close second in my mind is State of Wonder. And it is written, she wrote that in 2011. And it's a modern take on The Heart of Darkness. Um, by Joseph Conrad, which was written in 1899. And this book is wonderful. And, you know, as I was doing research for this podcast, I never really thought Bel Canto and State of Wonder were, were related, but I think, in fact, they are. And uh, because, again, it's sort of there's this terrifying darkness and there's beauty at the same time. And this story is about a Dr. Marina Singh, and she goes on an odyssey into an 
insect-infested Amazon, and she is looking for her former mentor, Dr. Anik Swinson, who's a researcher and who has disappeared while working on a valuable new drug. And so um, this book includes poison arrows, devouring snakes, scientific miracles, and spiritual transformations. So it's, again, a darkness and a scariness, but there's a beauty of the surroundings where they are. And I think also... Uh, the transformation that Marina goes through. So I really like that book. But, and you may, and you probably will disagree with me, um, she wrote a book in 2019, The Dutch House, and it was a finalist for the Pulitzer, and Tom Hanks narrates the audio for that one. I did not love that book. I just didn't love it. Uh, It's about uh, uh, two older siblings and uh, an inheritance and a big old house. And I just, I don't know, I I, I didn't love it as much as her other books, but I would say that's not really true. Um, Most people do. So, and it's been, it's been called kind of a a dark fairy tale. Um, But that brings me over to the second book that I read for this podcast, because I like to pair books together. And um, that book is Truth and Beauty. And I really wanted to read this book. I'd known about it for a long time. And it is a book about Anne and her friendship with her best friend, Lucy Greeley, who's also a writer. And it is about a deep, beautiful, at times toxic, platonic love um, that can be the hallmark of friendships we forge early in life or at pivotal moments in our life. And they were very close. And you kind of wonder when you're done with the book, who would Anne have been as a writer without knowing Lucy? So um, this friendship started when they met, uh, the two met at Sarah Lawrence College. They both went there together. And Lucy was Irish and she had um, had has had facial cancer that she came down with when she was about nine, and so her childhood was marked by many surgeries, and she was disfigured. Her face was it was a face that you would notice. You'd do a double take, as Anne said often. Her face sort of seemed like it was melting. So she was teased as a child. Um, had a difficult time, and plus she had illness. But she makes it to Sarah Lawrence College, and when she's there, she decides to reinvent herself, as many of us do when we go away. And she also excelled. She was super popular. Um, she's very diminutive. She's very small. She's different. She, But she had an incredible personality, and she also was just an incredible writer, and people loved her. So Anne idolized her, it sounds like, while they were at Sarah Lawrence. And Anne's not even really sure if Lucy really knew her then, but they kind of, they traveled in similar circles. So then they graduate and they end up, like Ellen, at the Iowa Writers' Workshop. And I don't know who initiated it, but I think Anne did. They were put in touch and they tried, um, they wanted to decide to live together because, um, uh, they both needed a place to stay. So they get they were put in touch with each other, and it wouldn't have been by internet, uh, probably by mail, but they end up meeting, and the first time they meet, Lucy kind of jumps into her arms, I imagine, like, um, I imagine, like, the bachelor 
uh, a bachelor hometown date, um, a lover uh, jumping into someone's arms, their uh, date's arms. And Lucy did that, and they kind of never looked back. They just became the best of friends. And it was super intense. And while uh, Lucy was at the Iowa Writers Workshop, she discovered her sexuality. She was kind of late to the party, having boyfriends, and then she sort of became hypersexual and was always having like heartbreaks and boyfriends and she always had a big story. Uh, she was very a very strong writer. She was also very insecure. Um, and she was always kind of, one of the things they were always working on was she was often in between surgeries. She had a total of 38 surgeries in her life. And one of the things Anne did was throughout their friendship um, was there for her throughout all of her surgeries. So um, what's also very interesting is Lucy, um, they both became published authors when they were young, but Lucy, it was Lucy's star that shone brightest. And she wrote um, a book called Autobiography of a Face, and it was published in 1994 when she was 31. And it was, it's a beautiful, it's supposed to be a beautiful book. Um, and it's about a sequence of interlocking essays that explore her experiences as a survivor of this disfiguring facial cancer and talking about beauty and ugliness and culture and self. And um, at the same time, Anne was writing books. She was not a, not as well known, but she was definitely a published author. And they, in fact, did an early reading together. I think they had the same publisher. And Anne recalls that just a few people, like 12 people, came to hear her, and the room was packed with people coming to listen to Lucy. But Lucy um, had a lot of problems throughout her life. She had drug addiction. She drank a lot. And as Anne was slow, kind of slow and steady, and her star was rising, Lucy's was falling. And Belcanto was Anne's fourth book, and that was her big hit. And when it, it became a hit when it came out in paperback back, and that is when Lucy was declining. And it's not really a secret. Lucy ends up um, dying from a over, heroin overdose in her late 30s. So the book is just about, it's about friendship, and it's about, um, it's also a tribute to Lucy, but I, I, I really liked it. It's obviously super intense, but it was kind of interesting to hear. I listened to this one on audio as well, and I, I thought it was just a really interesting backstory about a, a very popular writer and grittier than I would have expected. So, and what I wanted to end with is a quote that um, I think sums up this book really well. And Anne talked about what writing meant to both Lucy and herself. And she said, We had come to realize that no one was going to save our lives. And that if we wanted to save them ourselves, we had only one skill that afforded us any hope at all. Writing is a job, a talent, but it's also the place to go in your head. It is the imaginary friend you drink your tea with in the afternoon. And if with that, I wanted to thank you for tuning in to the Redfern Book Review. And I hope I've given you um, 
some ideas of what you might read next. So if you're looking for something kind of light, um, check out the Five Star Weekend. And I think Tom Lake is a must if you're an Ann Patchett fan or you just want to read a cozy book about love. And if you want to delve a little deeper and and make yourself uncomfortable and get a little backstory on Anne, um, check out Truth and Beauty. So thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you later. <laughs>